how we build this thing and how we go about it, the safety is a major factor. That's the history on what we've got and where we're heading. This is how we need to do it. So Piper Alpha, for anyone that doesn't know, it was the 25th anniversary of Piper Alpha last year. 6th of July 1998 it happened. There's 167 fatalities in one accident. That's massive. It's like twice what we've got here. Didn't go home that day. It's the worst offshore disaster in terms of lost lives. There's an official inquiry, and the operator, being the person that owned the rig, was found guilty of maintenance and safety procedure breaches. It was a major turning point in the management of hazardous installations, as in what we're building out here. However, they have had significant incidents passing. Now, it was also fairly significant for me because that's about the time I started in the game. I started my apprenticeship in 1987. First three jobs that I worked on was Commonwealth Bank building in Queen Street in Brisbane, construction of Expo 88, which is now the uh, South Bank site, and the demolition of Expo 88. All three of those jobs had something in common. Anyone know what it was? People died. That was reality back then. This is only 25 years ago in the main street of Brisbane. What was acceptable back then is a lot different to what we got now. That Commonwealth Bank building, you could go in there in the morning, go straight to the 26th floor, be looking at the ground, 26th floor down, there was no bunting. You'd be lucky if someone pulled a bit of tape across there, no hard barricading, nothing. Riggers used to have what they called a seven-course lunch. Wayne, I probably remember this one. No, Wayne, as I do. Seven-course lunch consisted of a six-pack and a pie. They used to do that every day, day in, day out. No harnesses, no EWPs, no JCAs, no pre-starts. I remember welding the tow tie in on that job, which is just to tie the tow crane back to the building box section. They used to run along the top of it. It was only 150-wide box section. They used to use it, run across it to save them time, get out to the crane and back. 26 stories up in the air. We dropped concrete panels and killed innocent people on the street on that job. When we built Expo, there was a painter electrocuted off a welding machine, off a welding lead, actually. Hanson's Maintenance and Construction. When we pulled Expo back down, I dropped the tower. There used to be massive frames, probably three, four times the size of that one just there. Quite appropriate, we're under here today, actually. I dropped one, two riggers sitting at the top of it. There's indentations in the ground when steel hit They hit that hard, they were about that deep. Didn't stand a chance. Fast forward to 1998. Time ago, aluminium smelter was my first job as a construction supervisor. Ten foot tall and bulletproof I was. That one should have been my last job. Should never have seen another job after that. Difference between a near mess and a fatality is often pure luck. You see that triangle that we draw all the time where we get 
so many near misses down here, you get injuries, whatever it may be, we've got the fatality up the top. The distance between there and there closes in a fraction of a second between a near miss and the dead person. I'm living proof of that. I've been there. That's why our incident reporting is so critical. I know it seems laborious sometimes. We think this is a lot of crap. What are we going to do this for? We need to know about these things because if we can stop them here, we can stop that gap, that real quick gap from closing. My daughter, she was 15 late last year. At the time I was on that job, my wife was four months pregnant with her. My sheer stupidity that day, and it was fucking sheer stupidity what I did, meant that she nearly grew up without a dad. Years after that, I was kidding myself. You know what you're doing. You had the escape plan. You got out of there. That's all good. Luck. Pure unadulterated luck is what it was. Safety's come a long way over those 25 years. Anyone here ever traded the stock market? All right, keep this real simple. In the stock market, a share will move up and it'll, hit, it'll get some momentum behind it, be some sort of announcement or whatever it may be, and everyone goes, yeah, we've got to buy it, and it'll start to move. It'll hit what they call a resistance line. Gets to a point, it just can't keep improving anymore. Then it'll drop off and it'll hit what's called a support line. We've done the same thing in safety. 1987, we're down here. Below 50% was people were killed every other day. When Piper Alpha happened, 1988, we started bringing in JCAs, take fives, work method statements, etc., etc. We started moving up. We we're getting a lot better. You won't see this anywhere else either way. This is just my take on things. Don't take this as gospel. About 1988, we we're getting a lot better. We we're up 80% of the time. What we we're doing was pretty good. 2005, we started recognising the planning, P6, Primavera, all those sorts of things come in. We've got more detailed planning. We kept improving, coming up. In my eyes, 2009, we hit resistance, whereas we never got past the 85 to 90% mark to get into this top area here between 90 and 100% where we want to be. Same level of thinking that created the problem can't be used to solve it. Anyone know who said that? Albert Einstein. To get to that new level, you've got to change your thinking. This bit of paper here, that alone, not going to save your life. It's useful. It's a good tool. It will help. It helped take us from down here, up here. But it's not the be-all and end-all. It's my biggest bugbear with the new guys coming into the industry. They think they've signed on for that, and they've read that, that they'll be fine. Don't. There's a bit more to it than that. We've got to change the way we think about these tools, what they are, the permits, the JSEAs, the Take Fives, all the rest of it, and not just an annoyance. That Commonwealth Bank building I was talking about, a simple lift study and sling inspections would have saved those people that were killed on the street. The concrete was wearing through the fibres, cut the fibres. The, the slings just never used to get inspected back then. They slung out around them and they'd fucking let go right when they are over top of them. Pre-start check on that welding machine. It had a bare spot on it. Could have saved that painter's life. Someone done a pre-start check in the morning and put that lead in the stores, taking it out of service. The actual covers that you see on the front of our welding machine now, never used to have those back then. You could actually walk up and touch the positive and the negative straight on the front of that machine. 
Those covers came from the inquiry from that bloke dying. It was part of the coroner's report. I repeat, we've got to change the way we think. So you can take this and use it. You can think I'm a fuckwit, whatever. It will work if you use it. Next time you find your mind slipping into, what I need a permit, this is bullshit. I just want to do the job. I want you to try this. Just ask yourself, is it worth taking that 5, 10, 20 minutes, whatever it may be, just to get it right? Make sure you go home, get to see your kids again, go to the next birthday. See your wife, husband, boyfriend, girlfriend, whatever it may be. Change in thinking, I believe anyway, could be wrong, but I believe it could take us through to that next level of safety. It's up to everyone here. I can't do it for you. Hainsy can't do it for you. It's a fucking sure muff can't do it for you. On this project, you wouldn't have seen the second system yet, or some of you guys may have you've been redeployed. We work under two permit systems, okay? We've got the Thies permit to work and the QGC Rev 5. There's a reason for that. We've got operational hazards and we've got construction hazards. The two don't meet, they're separate. That's why we work under the two different systems. One addresses, our stuff is really good at addressing, stopping people cutting their fingers off and dropping things on each other. Operational stuff's real good at stopping people blow each other up. Every one of these bits of paper, whatever they may be, has come from a serious incident. It's not just something someone thought was a good idea. Last year, I think, when did I do this presentation? It must have been about the middle of the year. Was it? Around about that time, we'd had three incidents on the project. One was a fall from a scaffold, which resulted in a broken arm. Crowbar slipped, which was a laceration. And a ratchet strap that broke was also a laceration. All of them could have been a lot worse. We could have gone from there to somewhere up there real quick. Just a bit of luck again. Complacency played a big part in all of them. It's the other thing that we've got to do to change, to get up in here, is change that complacency. Culture. It's a word that gets thrown around a lot. I've got a bit of a problem with the way it gets thrown around and you'll learn why in a minute. You would have all, who here sat in an induction and thought, heard someone bash on up the front, I'll put my hand up because I know I have, about culture, safety culture framework and all the rest, thought this is bullshit, this is just someone's, something someone's made up, fuck, be honest, something someone's made up and they got to say it. Yep. This is how culture really works. Instant Cultures, this book, Rework, my favourite book, written by a guy named Jason Fried, who built a company called 37 Signals. They sell online software called Basecamp. It's project management software. These guys, there's only about a dozen of them spread around the world, and they turn over, not turn over, they make hundreds of millions of dollars a year. Now, they talk about culture in one chapter in here, but in essence, this whole book is about culture. If you get a chance and you like reading, it's an easy read. Well worth reading. In their chapter on cultures, there's instant cultures or artificial cultures. Big bangs made mission statements. Declarations, rules. They're obvious, ugly, and plastic. They also go on to say, culture is a byproduct of consistent behaviour. Now I'm going to pick on a couple of people here. Rachel and Georgia, come up here. These two create a culture every single day. They're doing it right now, both of them. They did it as soon as I looked at them. 
Look at them. They're always smiling. They're always happy. Nothing phases them. That's creating a culture. Consistent behavior every day. Even when I'm yelling and screaming, going off the fucking head, these two are just sitting calmly in the corner. Right? And Georgia counts how many, what do you call it? Mental blackouts I've had for the day. She runs a book. You can't install a culture, which is what we try to do. We're we're attacking it from the wrong direction. Like a fine scotch, you've got to give it time to develop. It doesn't just happen. It just doesn't come from something that someone wrote on a chart. What that means, everyone here, they can do it. Everyone here's got the chance to influence the development of the culture on this job. We don't have a culture yet. As much as everyone would like to tell you an induction that we do, we don't. We're just starting. Everyone's got the chance to influence it by behaviour. Easy. doesn't have to be that hard. Small. Nothing to it. I spoke earlier about the seven-course lunches. That was a culture. Them lads did that every day. Every day of the week. In fact, I shouldn't say they were lucky. If they'd have dropped those panels... They dropped them about half past eight in the morning. If they'd have dropped them after Smoko, which was nine o'clock, all those lads would have been on manslaughter charges because they all would have been pissed, or three quarters. Pure luck again. So how do we put into practice? Again, I can stand up here and talk, but it's up to you guys. You've got to take it and use it. You take one thing today that you thought of, I know everyone would have thought of something, take it and use it. Then you could go to the next level. Take one thing and use it once a week. We could go and use it, push us up into here, like these guys do. Use it every day. Doesn't have to be much. Just something that's going to make an improvement. All right. Why do all this? Get up the front here. Carry on like an idiot, all the rest of it. It's because I want this to be the best performing site across the 18 and 4. End of story. Not that I want to be competitive... But I am. Simple fact of life. I don't like being a poor cousin. I like being number one. That's it. I've talked for long enough. I want to thank a few people today. Why not? Stand up. Run around since yesterday afternoon, finding me whiteboards and tables. Round of applause for Wano, please. The boys who cooked the barbecue. You know, you all stand up. Kurt, Daz, Ronnie, Brendo, Jason, Gary. Awesome job. I don't have any more to say unless anyone's got any questions they'd like to ask, even if it is about the project, where we're heading and what we're doing.